This is Bill Risser. And Molly McKinley. And we're talking relationships. All kinds of relationships, from starting new ones to nurturing existing ones over time. And each week, we'll highlight something that inspires... Or triggers us... To help get to the root of why relationships are key to our happiness and success. Hey, Bill. How are you today? I'm great, Molly. How are you? I know you've been looking forward to this conversation, so... uh... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Look, I... I think I'm going to get some help today and, and uh, you know, all of us can use some help, right? I love it. So we are talking today about the relationships with ourselves and how important that is in terms of understanding our relationships with others. So in, in preparation and for this, <laughs> in, in preparation for this, I was listening uh, to a speaker at the NAR convention in Boston and yes. talking about likability. And how important likability is uh, for 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 to develop relationships with with people. And I thought yeah, that's that's pretty important. And then the next thing he said was, "But to be likable, you got to like yourself first. And when I heard that, I went, "Oh my gosh, here we go. This is uh, this is taking me down the path that Molly's going to um, help me with <laughs> on episode okay. seven. Go ahead. Okay, that's amazing. So first of all. Funny story with likability. I um, always joke to my children that your likability factor goes way down with every selfie that you take. Nice. Nice. So that's a pretty good metaphor, right? Because it's all about me mm-hmm. instead of we, right? And likability is not, um, I believe, directly correlated to, um, you know, not so much, you know, when we're self centered. Um, versus when we are we centered, and um, but yeah, that's I, that's my parenting advice for the for the episode is that's remembering great. that your likability factor goes way down with every selfie that you post. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I love I love that. And this conversation we're going to have today, you, it is going to be about me. It is going to be about you because it's yes, about it this about these internal conversations. And maybe you're going to help me with that um, self talk or this voice that I hear inside my head that's different than the one that I project out to other people. Is that kind of where we're headed? It is right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so okay. Well, it's very interesting that you say that, right? Because um, I think we all have that internal dialogue, and um, you know, and a lot of times that dialogue internally is very different than what we project externally, right? Um, you know, for a lot of women, we, you know, greatly suffer from imposter syndrome, right? Where we hold ourselves back um, because, you know, we're always afraid that um, we're going to be found out that we're not as smart or as good or as whatever, um, you know, and that actually is a very limiting factor because I fundamentally believe, you know, we're all pretty amazing to even be alive in this moment all of the millions of moments that had to happen so that we can actually physically be here together, you and I, is, is kind of mind-blowing. And when you um, see the moments like that, there's just a, a natural respect or reverence that happens because um, there's magic in that. So on a tangent, right? Um, but you're ability to really see yourself um, for the greatness that you actually are um, is 
is what this is all about for me, because then you can see and recognize that greatness in others. And you have to be able to see it yourself. Um, So would you say that the majority of people don't tend to look for the greatness in themselves, but they tend to look at the negative in themselves? Oh, a hundred percent. So that's, that's the, that's the question. That's the problem. How do you, uh, in this internal battle, right? How does good (laughs) win over evil? (laughs) How do you, how do you, how, how is part of it just knowing that for starters? Well, I think you, this is a hard conversation to decouple from any kind of um, religious or spiritual conversation. Right. Um, And, you know, first of all, level setting, right. I think it's, we're always afraid of having conversations when it comes to religion or spirituality, because first of all, let's level set. This is an inclusive conversation, regardless of what path you take. You know, it is a about the core being that we are all sort of spiritual beings having a human experience. And I believe that to be true and you disagree. It's fine. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the core of what animates us, right? Like, what is that? Like, what is the origination of the animation? Um, is an interesting conversation. And that to me is self with the capital S. And being able to identify and see that in others, whether it's a spark of light or, or a spark of goodness in someone else or whatever it is, right? Most of us are very immune to it in ourselves. Um, but it does start with yourself so that you can actually see yourself as part of the same whole uh, or the same goodness that, you, that, that we're all connected I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a hard conversation to have, right. As, as business professionals, right. Because these are kinds of conversations that you have with friends behind closed doors because it's a vulnerable conversation. Right. Um, right. Because we're sort of exposing ourselves. And again, like the, the, I think the fear in having these questions publicly is the fact that, um, we all have such different paradigms that have brought us to belief systems. And this is not an exclusive belief system, right? This, this applies to every single, um, person on this planet, right? There is something that animates us all outside of just, um, the senses. And, um, what is that thing? Wow. So, so Molly, <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. I'll ask yes. questions because I'll, yes, yes, yes. How, in your opinion, how, how does one become more aware of that, of that, uh, that spark or whatever we want to call it, that light, the self with the S, the, the self with the S. Yeah. How do you even begin? Like, what would you say to somebody that you think needs to have that, have that exploration? How do they, how do they do that? Yeah. Well, um, so again, this is going to become the yoga hour. No problem. (laughs) Um, well again, and again, just a level set with, with the, the listeners here too. Like that is my point of reference, right? I am a yoga teacher. I'm working on my yoga masters. Like this is, um, this is my point of reference and it could be different for everyone, but this is just where I come to. And, um, so this doesn't make it right for everyone. Um, but it is my lens from how I see the world. So, um, you know, prayer is when you talk to the universe. Meditation is when you 
listen to the universe. So before you begin a meditation practice, there's a step before. It is called dharana. And dharana is essentially the sixth stage of yoga or the limbs of yoga. And it's essentially holding steady or concentration or single-minded focus. And mastery of dharana is what leads you to meditation. But it really starts on a singular focus. And and what, what do I mean by that? So a little like... Uh, a quick tutorial. So like when we go to sit and quiet the mind so that we can listen, one of the tools that we use to craft that ability to, um, to meditate is to um, stare at a candle flame. So if you were to put a candle flame at um, eye level so that you can um, watch and gaze at the candle flame And then you close your eyes and just try to hold the flicker of the flame or the the imprint reflection of the flame um, in the space between the brows until until it goes. And then you open your eyes and then you hold the candle flame again, close the eyes, try to hold the imprint in the space between the brows. And you just do that over and over again. And what we're doing is we are training the mind to be able to focus on a single item right? Mm -hmm. One thing. Mm -hmm. Because typically what happens is we'll be holding the flame and then we'll start to grocery shop or we'll start to think about the conversation we had with our coworker or, you know, we do all of the things. That's the monkey mind. Right. But when we hold that one pointed focus, that is the start of a meditation practice, right? But first you have to do the work to prepare the mind to focus so that you can then sit and listen and that is when we identify with the self. Does that make sense? It does. No, it absolutely does. I, I, I it, once again, I'll, I'll bring, um, I'm going to bring real estate back into this. It's yeah, weird. I do. But, Let's do but it. I, I just did a podcast interview with Matt Beal. Okay. Yeah, the, Matt's yeah, amazing. Oh, the CEO and founder of, of Hawaii life. Um, and an incredible guy. I didn't know this, but he, he went on a, a two year journey around the world with a buddy just to, just a self-exploration kind of thing before he came back and became a realtor in, in Kauai. And I, I asked that same question. I ask every guest on the podcast, you know, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? And he very unapologetically said, learn how to meditate, learn how, learn how to focus so you can be better at what you do. So, That's right. Yeah. And, and, and let's pull this outside of any kind of spiritual practice, right. And pull mm-hmm. it out into a practical practice. Sure. And the reason why that matters is because our world is so, so noisy right now. Our energies are fractured, right? And so with meditation and this type of single-pointed focus, what you're doing is you're pulling your senses and your energy in so that you are more effective to do the thing in front of you. But most people just live in this chronic state of fracture that you're never really pushing forward with intention and purpose, right? It's just kind of like half, everything's sort of half done. And so that is the reason why, you know, they, you know, there's been a lot of studies. I used to pride myself, um, you know, that I could juggle 50 balls as a PR person. That was sort of like, you know, the, the aim is I can do 50 deadlines at once, but the, the data and the studies actually say that the most effective people aren't the people who are doing the juggling. They're the people who are taking on a task, focused to completion, moving forward, and just 
checking things off the list um, with purpose. And, And that's what meditation helps us do is understand and be aware of how much energy we lose by spinning. So pulling it in, making it practical, making it focused, and then the benefits, you know, of meditation are numerous. So well, let's see. So my checklist now with Molly McKinley, the next time I'm in North Carolina, <laughs> is is yoga yes. and also meditation. So I, I, I'm I'm headed down this path. You're you're uh, you're turning this grumpy old uh, dude. You are not <laughs> uh, a grumpy old. Dude. Well, maybe, maybe not. You're right. Uh, potentials there, but uh, anyways, look, <laughs> I'm watching the clock. Like we promise our listeners, we don't want to um, kind of go too far. And I think this is kind of a natural break point. Um, yeah. really what, I mean, that's great stuff. And thank you so much for taking the lead on this one. <laughs> I don't think I, 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 but I learned a ton in 10 minutes. That's amazing. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap this one up and we always like to kind of tease what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, and next week on relationships first, we're going to talk about relationships um, in the world of education and specifically in the world of real estate education. And uh, I had a nice little conversation at NAR that we'll talk about on episode eight of relationships. Episode eight already. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you again, Molly. Hey, Bill, it's always a pleasure.